Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode brought to you with a little help from our friends. First off, thanks to Giant Bicycles. Be sure to check them out through the link at packfiller.com. I, as many of you might have heard, have been loving my TCR Advanced SL in really cool orange tones. Uh, This year I've been riding that. It is the stiffest yet forgiving carbon bike I honestly have ever ridden. Challenge is in the fit. I'm not going to lie to you. The challenge is in the fit in terms of getting that carbon seat tube dialed in. The entire frame, including the seat post, is one piece. But my local bike shop, which is where you should all be buying your bikes anyway, helped me. And it has been a road bike that will be in my stable for the remainder of my days on this planet. I mean that, and I'm saying it to you. Be sure to check out the entire giant lineup through the link at packtiller.com. Next, thanks to Scratch Labs. Let's talk recovery, you guys. I usually go for the old standby for a beer for recovery, but let's be honest, a beer after each ride would not only negate any fitness gains I've been working on, but also turn me into a a day drinker. You know, those people, the day drinkers. I love scratch, chocolate, recovery. It tastes like a light, kind of a light chocolate milk, and it goes down like I'm actually a kid getting rewarded for doing something good. Or on that special day, you remember in grade school when the whole class got chocolate milk? That's like it. That's what it's like after my rides. Not to mention, I actually feel good the next day and get to do it all over again. So thanks to Scratch Labs. And finally, thanks to our friends at Fit for Hope. Jake and the crew are there to give you a reason to get out there. Fitforhope.com. Let's get to a Pack Filler podcast. <laughs> Let me start the show. Let me start okay. the fucking show. Oh, the theme is too quiet. I'm waiting for somebody to make fun of the theme. All right, you guys, welcome back. I'm not. You know what? I realized I'm not supposed to say you guys. I just realized I fucked up right out of the gates. You're supposed to talk to the individual listener. You're supposed to say, "Hey, welcome to the Pack Filler Podcast," because that makes the listener feel like they're just on a one-on-one conversation with the whole thing. So. I quit. Uh, th- this is the last episode. No, I'm kidding. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, coming to you live from the Pack Filler Studio. 
Um, I'm still giddy over the fact that there's this physical place where I don't have to ask my wife for permission to move her desk um, every time we do a show. Um, we are also on the website live at Mixler.com slash Packfiller. Um, you can chat, you can call and do all that kind of stuff. The phone number is 509-315-1142. We will be taking calls throughout the show or when we just feel like it. So that's the sort of thing. We are back in the studio with some friends. First of all, Paul is here. The guy needs no introduction as he's as regular on this show as a bowel movement after a burrito. Yeah, yeah. that's that very true. Yeah. And second, representing the Young Punks is Jackson Bulger. He's back. Hey, <laughs> and that's he got to change that. <laughs> no, he actually got a comment from a listener <laughs> yeah, out figured. on the road. Like, Jackson, I love your sign on. Yeah. <laughs> Third, we have a returning friend on the phone. You likely recall his work as the creator of the closest thing to a cool cycling cult, uh, the carrier of the stone tablets of cycling. Is that the rules? Uh, that might be a little bit melodramatic, but I'm sticking with it. And he's the writer of multiple books on the store on the sport. And I, it looks like I honestly just lost his call, but I'm going to continue with his introduction while the phone rings. Uh, he is the founder of the Velmanati, and now the frontman of the band called The Cells. So once he answers the phone, we can welcome back Frank Strack. I love technical difficulties. <laughs> I wonder if he thinks it's still on because it hung up and then it didn't. So I, it sounded like he was falling in the background during that introduction. Did anybody else hear that? It, it, mm -hmm. it might have been too long and he fell asleep. <laughs> so, it's, I, I was talking to the individual listeners. See, though. that's what the problem is. I like you guys. <laughs> yeah. Screwed this whole... Like, <laughs> Wasn't it uh, Sesame Street or something like that that said, uh, hey, you guys, at the beginning? It might have been the electric company. Electric company. Hey, yeah. you guys. Yeah, waiting for Frank to accept the invitation. Dude, we've known each other for a long time. Oh, that, that was a good. That tone. was him calling. <laughs> Did I bore? Oh my God! Did I bore you? No, it, we. My Skype like totally shut down. Oh. I don't know. it's it's like it's what happens when you haven't paid the bill in over three years or haven't talked on it for five or something <laughs> like that. What, how it works. Dude, I just gave you. I just you gave you. I just gave you a glowing introduction, and you know, and you missed it. You missed the whole thing. I mentioned how beautiful of a human being you are. I mentioned how the website. I mentioned the rules, and I mentioned the cells. So there you go. Oh man, yeah, that's everything. It was good. It was good. Um, and and now that we're underway, you guys, first things first. I need to address something, and this involves specifically the people in this room. In our coverage of the tour, we established a competition that we played honestly um, and victors were awarded and losers were given the proper punishment. I'm looking across the bar <laughs> at Paul here. Um, what was established that um, the punishment was a ride up and down our local or category mountain, Mount Spokane, in the soon-to-be-famous kit of shame aboard a bike fitted with a saddle from hell. Uh, Paul has graciously accepted his punishment, and as a bonus, this competition of disc brakes versus rim brakes was added against Paul and Mr. Disc himself, the diva uh, Karsten Hagen, who I intentionally don't have on the line tonight, so he can't defend himself. <laughs> and this is where I need to speak, you guys. Karsten, being an honest man with an honest life, has run into scheduling conflicts. Yeah, in other words, I think he's scared. We all understand the bet needs to be completed, but uh, the competition might not happen as soon as we had... In, in, fuck, I lost Frank again. As, as soon as we had hoped. 
please stay tuned, uh, tuned and don't blame Karsten very much. Uh, but Paul, um, I, I got it. We got to We got to do this. Is there any type of trash talk you would like to send Karsten's way as I mean, is this a well, I think I think what happened was that he found out I'm using I'm, I'll, I'll, he knows I'm going to beat him. Yeah, I think down deep. He's he's laid the so laid down scared. like all of a sudden if I lose to this guy because he's going to be running car, carbon tubular wheels which he yeah. thinks is antiquated and <laughs> it, and it doesn't even have a brake surface they're they're American classic the company's out of business yeah and he's still thinking you know if I if I screw this up I just like he could be letting oh, down because yeah. the whole world yeah. is focusing on this little competition yeah you know that. Yeah. All uh, eyes are on Carson Hagen. If, if yeah. he screws this up, it's disc brakes won't exist. Technology <laughs> yeah. will come to a screeching halt. <laughs> Technology will die. Well, and tubeless. Maybe he says he's going to run tubeless. So I, I'm going to go all the way back. With Bronx now calling my cell phone. I love this fucking show. <clears throat> um, uh, let's do this, dude. I uh, you're on my cell phone now. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I've got your, I've got my cell phone up near the microphone. So let me call your landline one more time, and we'll see if that works. Oh, this is the worst. No, oh, we're live, and I don't edit, so, uh, so this is how it's gonna go. This is how it's gonna go, man. Oh, this is what makes it fun. So I'll call you in a second. All right. Bye. You know what's good about that? Yeah. Is that oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's hope this works. I don't hear the boop, 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 boop. Come on. All right, we're we're gonna go to the other Skype account here and and see if that one works, where the listeners get to call in. And actually, this could be a good thing in the long run because. He's texting you. He is, and he's sending me pictures of all the books he's got. Oh, you remember what he wrote? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, that guy was right. Uh, yeah. Well, I did write a book. Uh, oh. They're all just his book. Yeah. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only one he has. <laughs> that's me saying the number to myself and not saying out loud so listeners can now stalk Bronx Strack. Oh. That's better. Mm. At least that part. Tell me you hear me. I hear you. Oh. You know what I did? I actually switched. You're now on the line that um, our listeners call into. So uh, so hopefully this one is going to work better. <laughs> I think you're just so fucking with it. You just want, you just want us to fail. going to not be able to call in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That took me a second. And then I just went, ow. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about um uh, this disc break versus road break challenge that we've got on the show and um we've got all this kind of stuff going on and and i carsten hagen is this other guy who's on the show and he he's our show diva and um the the bet is paul's saying he could win going down an or category climb on correct me if i'm wrong it. It, rim brakes on uh, well Carson specified it had to be carbon so they're carbon 2012 rims. American classic defunct company and uh, you know they didn't really have a good brake surface and I still think I can beat them with tubulars he says it, the world needs to change 
I'm a antiquated individual who runs tubulars instead of tubeless and not disc brakes. So yeah. the challenge has been laid down, Frank. Yeah. So we're going. I, it's retro I versus more. I'm with the antiquated diva. Do you, yeah. I was gonna. That's my question. Was going to be: Are you? Go, are you? Where is your stance on on disc versus versus rim brakes? Well, I say this with the complete authority of somebody <laughs> who doesn't ride any disc brakes. Um, but absolutely good man. disc brakes are shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karsten's now, not now, on now Frank, I have I have to ask you. You you have a. I saw that you do gravel riding. You have a disc brake on that bike. Yeah. I, I don't. I ride. Um, oh, I ride wow. just the whatever the V brakes cantilevers. My uh, which is it double teams as my um, as my uh, cross uh, cyclocross bike, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I might you you might be able to make an argument for it there, but honestly, you know I have more trouble with with like the 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 discs getting out of like true and like there's more hassle with those things and it's like the adjustment lines are so tight. And I like to ride my brakes super loose is another thing. I'm super old school. I like when I'm descending, I've got like, I've got like three inches of, of like room in my brake lever before I even touch the, the rim, you know, like when oh, I'm descending, wow. I've got my, my index finger and my thumb sort of like hooked around the brake. And I sort of like palpate that to like actually use the brakes. So I've got all this like slack and that's, that's just the way that I've always ridden and always loved to ride. And, Disc brakes, the tolerances are so low. It's like everything is super tight. If the disc is out of true at all, you're, you know, you've got rub and I don't know. It just seems like, and, and ultimately the big problem is, you know, I rarely actually have a hard time stopping. You know, it's like most of the time, maybe, maybe in the mud, maybe not. But most of the time it's like, I'm already trying not to lock my wheel up. (laughs) <laughs> in the rain anywhere you know yeah, and yeah. so i just don't get the point mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i you know okay um maybe this is just a bit... tubulars for sure dude oh, yep. you are speaking my language there. <laughs> friends don't let friends ride clinchers <laughs> fuck I, i'm on clinchers i gotta admit I, i'm on clinchers <laughs> simply on a price point though i find tubulars cheaper because i flat less yeah you know Shit. <laughs> so actually you know it's funny because i've I flatted twice this year and I was just like, fuck my life. What is going on? I like never <laughs> flat ever. And, um, but now I stopped flatting again. So now it's cheap again to, to ride tubulars. Before yeah. like about two weeks there, it was like, you know, $200 a pop or I'm yeah. going to flat. So Jackson, as the victor of the competition, do you have any commentary of the events as they stand? I mean, the challenge was the bet, you know, Paul lost the bet. The bet was that Paul has to ride up and down Mount Spokane in the kit of shame with mm-hmm. the Viagra logo and everything on it and all that sort of stuff. And then, um, uh, Hold on. No. Yeah, and then the saddle of shame, yeah. the horrible old Concourse saddle. So that was the bet. And then this added part on it was this challenge of discs versus rim brakes. Do you have any extra comment, you know, commentary on on what you think should be allowed and what should not be allowed? I I mean, I I liked the thing that we created. Yeah. Uh I think it was I think it was kind of kind of a fun way of deciding whether all Carson's speeches about 
yeah. disc breaks were valid or yeah. not. And, and I don't want to turn him into a villain on this no, because no, no, that's no. for later on in the season. But um, <laughs> do, do, is he obligated, in anybody's opinion, to do this race now that he's he spouted what he spouts? And um, I believe, Frank, I could use Rule 72 that says legs speak louder than words. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's. I think he's got to do it. He agreed, so he's. And he said he can make it. Well, the yeah. interesting thing is, he was the one that that put up the challenge. So he, he was. Mm-hmm. He was. I'll always have tubulars, and I'll always have uh, rim brakes. So whenever he wants to bring oh. it, you know, there we I go. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. So okay. All right. That's listen. Very Mexican. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Coming from you, that's a yeah. big compliment. So, listeners, chime in on the topic. Does Carson have to risk his marriage, endanger his children by leaving them alone to travel, uh, to compete in a downhill road bike breaking contest? Um, I believe, you know, um, uh, and there's another rule in there. I did my homework. Rule 11, family does not come first. The bike comes first. So um, <laughs> so um, be sure and call us and leave messages or let us know. That number again, 509-315-1142. And so let's move on and get to the elephant in the room. And and I I didn't even clear this with him, so I, I gotta ask, Frank, what what is the current status of the Velominati? Oh man, it is in it's in disarray, man. And the whole <laughs> thing is uh in disarray. That's that's the status of it. So um ultimately I guess you know uh divorces, engagements, families. Oh shit. Uh, violations of, of rules 11, rules 1 through <laughs> 95, uh, uh, 96, um, 95. Uh, you know, it's basically just, um, and, and just like, I got to tell you, Lomonati, like, that project was like running with the throttle wide open for, yeah. you know, 11 years or however long mm-hmm. it was Holy from shit, yeah. when it picked up off the ground to, um, to, and, and, and I was in a place in my life where putting in 40 hours of work on top of a 40 <laughs> to 60 hour full-time job, including then also trying to ride a bike occasionally, um, where that was compatible with my life. And then I ended up in a situation where that wasn't so compatible with my life anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it boils down to burnout, um, you know, but, and actually, believe it or not, I spent a year off the bike. Um, I probably rode, I, in fact, I know I rode my bike five times last year, but, um, you know, I also, I've been, I've spent time off the bike, you know, many times before and throughout my life. And yeah. I always know that the bike is always going to call back to me at some point, um, so, you know, I wasn't shaming myself and I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't cursing the situation. I was just waiting for it to sort of pass and go through that, that whatever process I had to go through. And one day I woke up and I said, I really want to ride my bike today. And, wow, yeah. you know, I've been riding five to six days a week since. Shit. So it wasn't the evil seductress of rock and roll music that pulled you to the dark side. <laughs> no, it, it, it wasn't. Uh, but it's, it's funny, those same cycles, you know, we're, we're talking about the, that, that cycle. And I, 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 I imagine at least that I heard you sort of saying, nodding yes or, or, or saying that you understand me when I, when I was saying that, you know, I, I 
I've, you're going through these phases where you just can't do it for whatever yeah. reason. And, and then knowing that it's going to come back eventually. And I was in bands all through college, um, you know, and uh, that was something I like set aside at some point, um, yeah. you know, and, and all of a sudden it's just like, that's another thing that just sort of came back into my life and um, where I was writing books um, and writing on Voluminati every day. Um, you know, I think writing music and playing music has sort of taken up that, that same sort of creative, um, that creative energy. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, uh, just all of a sudden at some point I was just like struck by this passion to try to, to start up another band, you know? Um, yeah. Especially living in like the rock and roll Mecca of Seattle, um, you know, growing up in Minneapolis, which was a mini Mecca, you know, the, the, uh, the replacements and who's could do. And oh, you know, some of those do. really cool kind of indie punk bands that were, that were on the scene. Prince, <laughs> I used to trick or treat <laughs> at Prince's house. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> there's definitely some, some cool music that comes, that came out of Minneapolis, but it's not like, like Seattle. That, I just pictured, you know, I, just picture, age, I just picture, I just picture, sorry. I just picture Prince at the door going, would you like a Milky Way? Or would you like a Snickers? Yeah. Prince didn't answer the door, but uh, oh, Prince's shit. assistant gave out rolls of quarters. <laughs> so we were like, yes! yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. Like, you know, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was wondering, you know, if if it was the books that just kind of holy shit, you know, because I remember talking to you about the books and how much work went into those things and. Um, they're you know they're gorgeous and i was just like the amount of effort that goes into that stuff that people don't really come to realize you know you just think it's like oh i wrote a book you know, publish it piece of cake and all that kind of stuff and i was and i was i was wondering if that was what something that just kind of you were like shit i need some time off or something like that but uh you know uh, you, you know actually that's that's that is a really good point because it it, it is a such a complete fuck ton of work you know um, <laughs> and it's like I remember Kate and I celebrated finishing the book, quote unquote, like, I don't know, probably five times because you go through these different gates where every time you go through the gate, you think that you're done with it. And the first one was like finishing the manuscript, but then you're like, you know, you go through all these edits and it's, you have to read the book by the way. Yeah. Front to back. Every time you do an edit, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh God. it's like, you're just like going through this over and over and over and just, thinking to yourself why who in the world would ever read this shit you know <laughs> this is just like this is yeah and it's not and like... You're like cutting out paragraphs and you know there's a dutch writer a very famous dutch writer um who who said basically writing is striking you know like you're basically just like cutting out paragraphs and sentences and all these things that you thought were brilliant things to do and write and uh you know, you're just like, you're reading this for the 15th time and you're like, this has no fucking place in the story whatsoever. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're killing this stuff. Um, and it, it's an exhausting process. And then, and then you're like, shit, you know, now we edited all this stuff out. We have to add like five more writers just to like oh, fill Jesus. the quota for yeah. how many words we're supposed to put in the book. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. So yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a labor of love though. At the end of it, um, at the end of the whole process, though, you have this book that's there forever. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and uh, that was especially apparent when we wrote uh, the rules originally. You know, 
like all of a sudden I, I remember sitting on my front steps and I had this book in my hands <laughs> and it was just like this crazy, this crazy realization that there's, you know, that's something that you produce. You can hold in your hands and you can tap it with your knuckle and you can flip the pages and you can give it to somebody and they laugh, you know, yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool thing to have done for sure. And I'm super proud of it. Um, you know, but for sure it's, it's super taxing and, Certainly the phase of my life that I was going through at the time, um, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of pressure and I think it contributed a lot to the burnout yeah. for sure. So, you know, I guess this can kind of be something that I can open up to everybody, you know. Um, we've talked about this. I've kind of hinted about this on the show before and, and you kind of touched base on it really well about time off the bike. And um, I, I guarantee everybody in this room has walked away from the sport. And he, maybe not Paul, but, you know. Um, well, I had kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, are you still a cyclist when you're not riding? And is it something, and I don't want to get all melodramatic and over the top and philosophical about this, but is it something that, you know, after a certain amount of time of participating in this athletic endeavor, did it just become a part of you and, and you know that it's going to be something that comes back? that you always will. Jackson, for example, you, you know, yeah. you didn't ride most of the school year this year because you were swamped and doing, you know, you being a college student, stuff like that. Do you, cons- first of all, do you consider yourself a cyclist? And second of all, do you consider yourself a cyclist when you're not on the bike? I mean, I totally consider myself a cyclist at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but like, uh, when I, when I was at school, like I just, I got scared cause I was in Portland and I, um, yeah. just, didn't really find like the motivation. Um, but then when my girlfriend and I would go to the gym together, um, I would find myself training as if I was a cyclist. I would only like, I would warm up on the bike. I would do specific like weight work, like weight workouts that would like be specific for the muscle regions for cycling. And it's like, and then I have to tell myself, no, you don't have to do this all the time. But then it's just like, it keeps coming back. And then every single summer it's just like, I explode and it's just like, I will not stop writing. Yeah. Paul. I, I went through the, my first four years of cycling and probably racing. There was a period where, you know, you did a, a week, the middle of the week race, weekend race, travel, travel, travel. Cause yeah. Spokane, there was just, wasn't that many of you over on the West side and that type of thing. Yeah. And I hit, I think more than just cycling itself, it was the travel and, you know, for the racing part of it, I did enjoy it. Um, but when uh, you take on kids and oh, kind of, I, you know, sympathize with what Frank went through, whether, you know, different things in your life. I went through a divorce and remarried and took on two kids. Yeah. You know, it, you just can't juggle it all. And I'm I'm the type of person that's all or nothing. And this, this sport, I, I played many sports before, but this one had the hooks on me since I was two years old on the first strike. Yeah. I never, ever faded from it. You know, and I, I love it dearly. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's I, I never gave up following cycling from, you know, the watching pro cycling and everything happened in Europe that yeah. from day one. But as in writing, sometimes you do hit that burnout. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank, is there a is this the longest vacation you so, so-called take taken from the bike? No, I, th- I think uh, so, so I. Oh, God, I took I took such a painful vacation from the whole thing. I <laughs> I fell out of my bed. I was like on track to basically spend my life as a 
country ski racer. Oh. Um, you know, like wondering whether I should even go to college sort of, you know, yeah. that sort of situation. And I fell out of my bed one, one day and, uh, spent 12 weeks in a wheelchair with a knee injury. Uh, wow. and like that was, I, I'd been playing guitar actually before that, but that was basically, I was sitting in a chair and, you know, um, all I could do really was play guitar and hang out with girls and drink alcohol. You know, it's like where I discovered those three things basically. Zero wrong with that. Um, yep, yep. And because uh, I was, you know, similar, uh, similar story. You know, I was like, I, I, I remember I set up my first training plan when I was seven years old. Oh you know, my I was god! At some, wow. I was at some ski race, <laughs> and there was this, it was the more of Oslofit, and there were you know they had a, a real auditorium and a real stage and a real podium and real trophies for you know for earning places in your age group when i was in the 13 and under age group and uh, i was sitting in that auditorium and i was like i want to be on that top set next year and so you know as a seven-year-old i like put together a training plan and started like actually training jesus for the ski race that was going to take place a year later and I did. I won my age group at eight, eight, eight years old. You know, uh, thirteen and under it was super, super exciting. But I never looked back from there, and I basically never paid attention to anything. You know, I'd like bare, barely got through high school. Um, you know, ultimately, in the end, I barely got through college. But um, <laughs> you, you know, I, <laughs> for different reasons. But I, you know, so it's, it's like all of a sudden, you know, you fall out of your bed, and wow. you know, this whole life that you've got. Um, you know, this whole, the whole thing you've got planned out and you're just like this person who's so fit all the time. You know, I mean, there, there was, there wasn't enough daylight in a day to get me tired on a bike or on skis. Like it just, you know, it's just yeah. like one of those things and <clears throat> you fall out of bed and you, you can't walk to the next room and you're sitting in a wheelchair and, um, you know, you start reevaluating your life. And so, yeah, I spent, a, I spent, I, I got back on the bike, um, but not very passionately. I never really got back on the skis. I have a, I have a set of skis, but I rarely go. Um, and then <clears throat> there was a big gap in there. And then I, I really, when I moved to Seattle, I like completely fell back in love with cycling. Um, and that's actually when I started Bologna. But I, I, I would say ultimately there, there are people who, who ride bikes intensely um and are fit who aren't cyclists and i would say that there are people oh, wow. who hmm. rarely ride bikes and are not fit who are cyclists and i think being a cyclist is um a state of mind it's certainly a practice right it's something that you have to do and if you ever want to call yourself a cyclist you certainly have had to put in you know whatever you want to call it your ten thousand hours or, or whatever yeah. it is to, to like truly know the sport and understand what's what's going on with it. Um, but you definitely don't have to be practicing to be a cyclist. Um, Can but I there ask... are a lot of people that I know that ride bikes a lot and, you know, are fit, but they're assholes and they don't <laughs> appreciate anything about the sport. They don't oh. appreciate anything about the culture. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the choirs are singing you know? in my fucking head right now. Oh yeah. Oh, that's... What? The choirs of angels are singing my head right now. I am so happy to hear that. You just put into words so many things I've been thinking about. You know, I'm not going to name their names, but there are people I know who are very competitive, over the top, super serious bike racers. 
but they're not cyclists. And, and I, I never mm-hmm. thought of it that way. You just put it into that perspective, and I cut you off in the middle of your sentence to do that, and I'm a selfish <laughs> prick. But I, oh, that was So perfect. you must be a cyclist if I you're a selfish a prick. Selfish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to put it simply, I never, I didn't, I never questioned whether I would get back on the bike. It was just a question of when it was going to happen. Um, and you know, Kate and I haven't known each other that long. And and when we actually the night that we met, Patrick, I think you might have been on the ride with us. We we were doing the Flanders ride. Oh God, yeah. Um, out here, you know, like uh, uh, brutal ride. And, you know, it's like super fit and then you know it was like tapering off and she's like super worried that she's the one that's getting me off the bike and it was not her it was all these different things that were going on um you you know but i i never had a question in my mind that you know that i was i was riding as much as i needed to be riding yeah for myself um and then at a certain point i you know same same sort of thing that was just mentioned on and off switch all or nothing like at a certain point it was just like i can't do it it's it's just I, I can't do it anymore. And that's, that happened with Bulluminati. I, I just had to, I, I had to toggle the switch because, um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't do it. And, and with, with cycling too, I just had to toggle the switch. I just had to like shut it off for a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and you know, and that's, that's it. And by the way, you know, and this is a perfect, uh, uh, switch for me to kind of take the, the show in, in the direction we're going with, because, Ironically, I was in a band for many years, and um, when I had to slowly start stepping away from my band, um, it was because of my now wife. And um, so uh, she was she we lovingly call her Yoko. So so <laughs> so what what you're saying is this woman you met who took you away from cycling is your is your cycling Yoko, right, Front? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what I was saying was that she didn't take me away from cycling. Yeah, I just happened to meet her like right as right as I was going through the minimum. I know. I just but. had I just had to throw a stupid childish joke out there. That's just my thing. So, <laughs> so um, d- d- before we get into the true topic of the show, um, tell me about the cells, uh, how they came to be, and um, describe the music to the uninitiated. Okay, so uh, I don't know how weird you want me to get, but uh, basically the, the cells they came to be. So uh, you know. I, I literally was like, I want to start a band again. Um, you know, yeah. um, basically in, in junction with sort of backing off from writing and, you know, I've got like this creative artistic thing that's always sort of there. And so when I stopped writing in one sense, I, you know, I was, I found myself picking up the guitar. In fact, <clears throat> I remember, Voluminati was never a planned thing, right? Voluminati just sort of happened. It was just like this harebrained idea I had in, the, in my backyard one day having a beer. Um, That's how all things know, and, get and started. started. It just good. like yeah. blew up into this whole crazy thing. And I remember at some point that I was, I, I found that I was playing my guitar a lot and um, it was taking creative energy away from my writing the website. And so I remember consciously deciding that I was going to set the guitar aside um, and sort of concentrate on, on the, the, the writing. And um, I think, you know, in quantum entanglement or whatever you want to call it, when I put the writing away, you know, the guitar came back out and, um, and. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment. Every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You know, basically I was, I was like, fuck, I want to start another band again. And I wanted to play heavy, you know, in, in the bands I was in, we, you know, we, we played heavy music in one band and then bluesy music in another band. And, you know, and it, I always had fun playing loud, like get your body moving kind of just yeah. like, you know, not, not, I don't want to play music. Let's put it this way. I don't want to play, play music that you can sit in a bar and have a conversation while the band is playing. <laughs> I, I, I don't need people to be moshing, but I, you know, I need people to be like, I need us to be so loud that nobody's having a conversation. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So, so I was like, you know, I, I want to find a drummer that's like, John Bonham, and I want to find a bassist that's like John Paul Jones. Oh, no problem. And yeah, those play, are available at every fucking exactly. street corner. I want to play heavy, blues-based, like fun, up-tempo, rock and roll. Like, you don't like it, don't come. Like, <laughs> if you want to go listen to some like fun, guitar-based, you know, rock and roll music, then we're your jam. Yeah. So uh, I literally put out like Craigslist ads and um, found literally. So I, I I said I wanted to find John Bonham and John Paul Jones. So I found like within a day, this guy texts me um, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I saw your ad. I'm interested." Uh, and it's like you get into like what kind of gear are you playing, right? Because you're texting someone. It's oh like God, yeah. it's like flirting on Facebook. <laughs> and so it's like you're, you're like swipe you left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, and so he's like, I'm like sending him a picture of like my guitar amp. Was that a fucking you know, Rickenbacker? Like, swipe left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like putting my I'm putting my guitar like at just the right angle and like taking <laughs> oh, it with like a little sunlight on it you know and yeah like yeah snapping yeah. that back to him like oh I guess that vein. <laughs> like putting your cranks and, and in the right like, position yeah, yeah. yeah. like a picture of like all 1970s early 1970s like ludwig maple drum kits exactly wow the same drum sets that John Paul Jones or uh, that John Bonham played. I'm a drummer, so right? this this actually, and I, so, I know I lost half my audience, but I just I just got a little excited. I see that <laughs> I did. I'm all tense now. My shoulders are tight. You know, it's times I'm, like I'm this that make me have your audience here. Yeah. What? But, uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so yeah, so and, and then uh, bassist comes along and 
uh, he's you know he's basically just like all three of us worship Led Zeppelin and um, okay, which isn't to say that we played music like like Led Zeppelin, but uh, you know it was it was magical. It 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 fell into place um, super easily, and you know we rehearsed for a year before we played our first gig um, wow. intentionally because we wanted to have our shit together and like be able to play it blindfolded and um that paid off at our second gig when basically we were so loud for the club like you can be as a guitar player your guitar can be so loud that you can't hear it yeah <laughs> oh yeah so, like literally like we can't hear each other at all and we're just playing from memory for where we're supposed to be in any given song hmm. and like I, I record all the shows and so and, so, and actually we sounded pretty decent in the end. <laughs> so, it was not our best show, but it was good enough. This podcast brought to you by the practice. Tinnitus Association of America. <laughs> Do you have hearing problems? It could be that you were in a rock band in the 1990s. Do you hear this constant? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, totally. yeah, 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 exactly. You know, Frank, I have a question for you or actually yeah. a comment. So you're talking about the type of music that you like to play. And I, I started, I'm bringing it back to cycling. You know, if you don't, you said, if you don't like our style of music, then, you know, this is what you want. I, I equate that to cobble classics. And when they throw cobbles in the, in the, uh, you know, in the tour and every, you, you, these little wimps are cr- crying because they have to go over some rocks and, oh my God. So I, I think I, I'm just bringing it back to cycling, but it, I can picture what you're saying there. It's like, listen, we're going to crash these cobbles. And if you don't fucking like it, you know, leave the show. So piss off. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Was I right about yeah. that? Uh, you and you and I need to meet each other because <laughs> you're speaking my language here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. If you don't like it, then I mean, like the Schlecks saying, "Well, there shouldn't be cobblestones in the in the tour." And ideally, you know, it'd be really great if we got rid of all the descents too. How about if we just have <laughs> the whole tour de France be all uphill? Well, you I'm, know, and it's like. <clears throat> I got another. I'm going to bring back another one. You're talking about cyclists, and the cyclist doesn't have to race or ride all that much, but feel that, you know, that that desire and 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 understand the passion of the cycling. I have a friend. He's been on the show. His name is right. Dismount Dave. Yeah. He's a character. And I'm going to tell you something, Frank. I've been to Belgium. What? <laughs> Wait, Frank doesn't know. He hasn't listened <laughs> no. enough. Paul's yeah. been to Belgium. Yes. I got to do a sound effect that yeah. just goes. What? I bring it up on the show all the time. So. I've been to Peru Bay. We've been see there you go. We've been to Orshi. Sector was thirteen this year in 2013, and, yeah. and then it was last year. So, my friend Dismount Dave and I, and maybe somebody else might be yeah. coming. I'm Ooh. going this year. I'm yeah. going this year. So I, I always bring that up in the show. But Dave can tell you this guy will baffle you with knowledge, and he understands cycling, and he he rides, but he's not. He he's one of these guys that's not like races or anything else, but he understands the complete passion for for you know right. uh, cycling, and so and I think music too. I'm not I'm not a musician, but I love great music. I love yeah. blues. I love jazz. Jazz is my thing. No, I'm not a jazz guy. That's okay. Well, there's something wrong with you. And yeah. so, <clears throat> but well, anyway, I, I like harmony. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you guys, let's let's tie in uh, uh, cycling and music, and that's what I kind of teased about the, the show and what we were going to chat about, and and all these types of things. And um, so, 
um, obviously, I, I honestly think that, you know, music accompanies every aspect and facet of your life. I mean, we can all probably think about a specific moment of our lives and a specific song goes with it or triggers it or something like that. You sit back and you think about something like, oh, my God, I remember that day when blank. Um, so I'm going to start broad. So if cycling were a genre of music, this is these are my general Jeopardy questions we're starting oh, with. If bro. cycling was a genre of music, what would you categorize? You don't have to pick them all, but road, mountain, track, gravel, cyclocross. If you had to pick one of those and say, you know, country music is fucking gravel or, you know, or something like that. Would you what would you pick and how would you identify it? Um, uh, Frank, since you're our guest, you want to go first? If you had to if you had to classify yeah. cycling I mean, I would say cobbles are classic rock, right? I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm thinking like, what what could you say beyond like Ozzy Osbourne and I, I, <laughs> right? I mean, and then Led Zeppelin and I mean, like all of that, like kind of harder edge, like, yeah. um, I would say that that's like, you know, classic hard rock, you know? Um, I would say I'm going to... I'm going to expand a little bit. I'm, um, the Tour de France is probably like opera. Ooh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Long. Yeah. Definitely see that. Yeah. yeah. Acts. Right. Different scenes. Yeah. Yep. You, yep. Ooh. Fall asleep good for call. parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the only, you don't want to know. Wake so, up for the good part. Yeah. You want to know something sad? The only, <laughs> the first opera that popped into my head was that old Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> Sword and Magic Helmet. <laughs> magic Helmet. And I'll give you a sample. But sorry, yeah. Sorry. I again I cut you off front. <laughs> maybe maybe or actually, you know, maybe yeah, I don't know. What kind of music did Queen play? That's probably actually classic rock too, what I'm thinking yeah. is like several Oh God in the Who, Tommy. Like Tommy could be Oh my god. Too, yeah, the tour I, know, I think it's I think it's more opera. I think it's opera. Yeah. I, I would agree, yeah. Yeah. I just I just called I just in my head and I wrote it down on a notepad. I, I see gravel and I don't mean this is an insult, but I see gravel as a bluegrass style of music. Hmm. Just yeah. because of the rural yeah, you know, the rural be. nature of it, the silence the I, I the kinda s- lean it towards like um <laughs> like uh smart. Dead South. Have you heard that band? No. The kind of Mumford and Son oh, okay. that type oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, kind of a trendy hipster type thing. I happen to have Spotify open here, I, so, so. I, I, I'm going to disagree with both of you guys, and I, I can't come up with the description of what kind of music this would be. But for me, gravel. What I love about gravel is, um, you know, road biking has like the fluidity, right? You have oh, yeah. the, the rhythm, and there's nothing really to interrupt, like harmony of of the pedal stroke and mountain biking but as a road cyclist you're in traffic and so there's always a car coming by or you know um you know these different different things that that sort of disrupt you but on the other hand um mountain biking is like super serene you're in the wilderness and there's nothing like that to disrupt you yeah but there's not really the same sort of I, i guess they've engineered some of these trails but when i was doing it in the 90s there wasn't like that same sort of harmony and flow that you had um you know so you had the peace but not really like the fluidity of at least of your inside your body of of turning the pedals over consistently and um i feel like gravel the reason i love gravel so much is that you get to have both of those things you get to basically have the experience of being on a road bike but you get to have the experience of solitude that you have on a mountain bike and so i feel like 
bluegrass and you know something like Mumford and Sons like there's so much going on in that music <laughs> rhythmically um that I feel I feel when I think of that there's like more anxiety associated with that music um than I feel when I'm riding the bike Ooh, really? experiencing that I don't okay. really know what what kind of music would would like really describe that but like super chill just like you know like super chill music it had to be super chill you know i was thinking of this gravels it's not like the music but it's like the situation when freddie mercury like when the jonas brothers when they broke up and they all went single <laughs> you are so <laughs> fucking what young just, just hear me out about? just hear me out just hear me out so it's like <laughs> gravels always <laughs> gravels always been there but they're like I just need a chance to shine by myself. And so it's like it's like when Nick Jonas put out his first first song by himself. It's like everybody loves it and now they're on board. <laughs> oh, Jackson, you just destroyed everything that was intense and beautiful wait, wait, about wait. this. He's the voice of the millennials, so I mean, let was, him speak. I, I mean, I was about to play, you know, something you know, nice and calm and, you know, and, and beautiful music. You for know, for what? Like that. That, that would maybe be gravel oriented and stuff like that. But um, apparently my, <laughs> my computer isn't playing it right now. There, you know, just. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Front, make him stop. <laughs> that's not, that's not solitude on the gravel bike? No. No. That's not solitude? All right, fine. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you know, Frank, he liked John Tesh in the day. So that well, John Tesh it. is on my list of questions, so don't jump <laughs> okay. into the show too far into Sorry. it. But, um, <laughs> I want to hear more about Patrick's bands. Oh, you know what? Pat's the, Garage. No, there was no Pat's Garage. Oh, we are in tree Pat's house. Garage. <laughs> oh, see? Treehouse. See, Pat's okay. Treehouse. The great thing is I don't think any any of my students are going to listen to this because there is an ongoing bet that if any of my students can actually find out the name of any of my oh. bands I was in, they would receive 100 <laughs> points extra credit. You do have the power to edit. I, nah, fuck it. <laughs> um, and so there, there and I, here I am, you know, swearing like a sailor too on my show, but fuck it. Um I, I was in two bands and I was the drummer in both and um, and ah. I sang lead in the first one and played drums, which is, you know, so Phil Collins, right? Wow, pretty proud of your show. Why did the drummer get fired? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How many drummers does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. They have machines to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two dumbest fuckers were sitting next to each other in a bar. One looked to the other and said, what size sticks do you use? <laughs> and the last one, what do you call a drummer who breaks up with his girlfriend? Homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Now, bass players are pretty close to that. No, but bass players have that cool jazz. I'm, yeah, I'm but actually they're strange individuals. They oh, are. Yeah, they yeah, are. yeah. But drummers are the first to show up and last to leave. Yep. So, anyway, so uh, it, it's not my experience, but yeah. Really? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to honor Rule 62, which is you shall not ride with earphones. Um, and I'm, I don't know about you guys, but back in the day, I rode with earphones. I rode with earphones all the time. I used to go on long rides in the, in the late 80s and early 90s with five cassette 
cassette tapes in my jersey. <laughs> so I could switch out tapes in the middle of a ride. So that was, you know, this this is the You know what? That's actually that's like actually under the circumstances, that's a great argument for carrying a saddlebag. My, I had a <laughs> five cassette tapes. Fuck, dude, I had a I had a French coach who just would tell me to do like four hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, and I did so many junk miles that my, I would have lost it. I would have snapped um, if I didn't have my music on those rides back then. Now I'm I'm against it now because I think you're taking your life into your hands. But that being said, oh totally. Yeah. Uh, if if you had to tr- try to if you had to put music into your head to a comp uh, you know to accompany a specific type of a ride, what would it like? What would like a Criterium soundtrack be like? Uh, Paul, you haven't had a chance. So Paul, what would a Crit soundtrack be? Oh like? man. Um... You know, a crystal method. Uh, I'm glad you said Ud. Yeah, yeah, was, um, yeah crystal method. I'm you know, the you prodigy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's that that high intensity. You know, there's one that uh, yeah. it, that it, it's just short lived. You can't listen to it for a long period of yeah. time. But it's just like all levels are. They just cram all the levels on the board to max and just you know throw you with all this noise. So that's a crit. Totally. Yeah. I'm typing and chemical chemical brothers too. Chemical brothers, yeah. okay. Chemical brothers. Those guys were underrated. Yeah, they um, were. Moby too would be. Yeah, you know, Moby. Moby into that same sort yeah. of thing, right? Like I'm picking something off play. Chemical brothers. There's. Uh... <laughs> this is Crystal Method. Yeah. That sounds pretty mellow for a bike race. I could I could find you a couple of tracks. It kicks in though, go. right? They always do. There's a lot of drops and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I see what mm-hmm. you're saying. I see what you're saying. I'm just playing music here to get the audience into you know and understand what we're talking about. Um. I, yeah. That hard kind of intense shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. See, I'm more. I'm more melodic. I like a, a melody within. I like and a, a crit. Lot of, well, I like hard edge guitar driven bass kind of punk. Um. Uh. You know. Even even grunge and things like that. I like that. I like a melody. You know where grunge my came from, don't you? Seattle. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I'm oh, sorry. Shit. Oh, sorry for shit. Oh, sorry for sorry yeah. for yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I like. Well, actually, we, we actually... I'm gonna I'm gonna say so. What do you think of like Crit being like Ramones? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that was back in the '80s when I did Crits. Was Ramones? Was it? Yeah. '90s '90s was Crystal Method. Yeah. And Chemical Brothers. You're just going yeah. through your phases yeah. of drug abuse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jackson, as yeah. as as a young punk, what do, what would what would you classify as that high intensity type of an event? And you would probably associate this with some of those shorter distance mountain bike races where you're doing an eight mile race mm-hmm. and you got to go balls out from the beginning. I think there's a lot of like Jack White, Black Keys kind of songs oh. that. Love it. That <laughs> I probably, yeah, pick out of the file just because they're they. Uh, it, there's one specific Jack White song or black uh, White Stripe song. It's called "Fell in Love with a Girl," and that's the oh, one yeah. that I always. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one that yeah, I absolutely, would pick. absolutely. This one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just that's just ready to go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's just like. Sprint, fucker! You know yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. See, I'm a, I'm, I might be a little, I can't believe I'm going to call this band old school, but you know, I'm into the, you know, green day kind of a thing. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge like Foo Fighters supporter and things like that. So Foo those Fighters are kind are of good. my bands. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. If you had to pick a music soundtrack for a, a, a road trip across you, you the didn't state ask to Frank a big what, race. He, what he would pick. Oh, Frank, I didn't pick you for, for a crit. crit. Did you, or did we take all your decisions? Well, I've, I've been talking over everybody the whole time anyway, so <laughs> you don't really have to give me a turn. I'm, damn. I'm too A-type for that shit. But uh, <laughs> I, I got to go with your kid, man. I mean, Jack Ooh. White, you know, yeah. Black Keys, like, I mean, that's like, Patrick, you got to get into that shit if you're not already, because it's like, oh, I got like, it on based, like, like, they're so guitar based that they've yeah. said, fuck you to the bassist. <laughs> and like show them the goddamn door, you know, and they're just like, "We're gonna do it with a guitar and a drum set, motherfucker." Yeah, you know so, what? But, the, yeah. but I do, and and in fact, um, I owe it to my kid to turn me on to like stuff like the Black Keys, um, which I really, you know, speaking of a guitar and drummer, they're they're a, a two person band, but they find a bass player or Auerbach plays bass or something like that, probably. Yeah, but, yeah right. Yeah, they, um, they overdub that stuff, but yeah, yeah live they play it as a two up, but yeah. Dan Dan Obrock, by the way, that that man is dealing with some fucking demons. If I listen to his lyrics, that man <laughs> yeah. goes to some dark fucking caverns. See, I don't pay and, attention. I don't enough. know the fact that he hasn't committed suicide. That tells me Whoa. that that guy's got some rule five in him. Because <laughs> the, the day the day this motherfucker stops playing guitar, he's a fucking goner. <laughs> See, I don't even listen to I'm not to trying it. to be funny. Like I'm no. serious. Like listen to that guy's lyrics, man. That that dude is like struggling with some serious shit. I could be listening to this and I think I sing along to songs all the time that are super depressing and I'm just like, "Ah, you know, foster the people, pumped up kicks, you know. The guy's talking yeah. about shooting up a fucking school." And I'm just I'm just driving down the road all perky as hell going, "I'm gonna kill a bunch of high school kids." You know, it's just like, yeah. "What the fuck? This is messed up." Um, yeah. okay. So, um, I, and I, I, we're going long on this, but, um, okay. Soundtrack to a road trip across the state to a road, to a bike race. Paul, I'm going to let you do this first because I know there's a very specific thing that comes into mind when I say this. Well, I mean, I'm going back to what I listened to and, uh, we, I had a really good road trip cause I was victorious on the ride, but, or the race, I should say. <laughs> and it was like, you know, by the time we got o- over it, it was the black crows. Not Black Crows, really? excuse me. No, oh. no, no, not Black Crows. Uh, excuse me. It was Counting Crows. No, no, Black Crows. Oh. It was a Black Crows, sorry. Okay. Black Crows. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> from good to terrible, back to good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it all mixed up. Yeah, I'm three beers in. So, yeah. um, See, Counting Crows was pretty good. Yeah. But, but yeah. Black Crows was like Better. an order of magnitude above that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Black Crows, there was a, one, a friend of mine, this is back cassette, you know, so we had like all these a mixtape of all their, what we thought was a great, and we played it over and over and over and over again. And that's, you know, that's what it's, sticks. I thought it was a great road trip, yeah. you know, to a race to me. It's I mean, like, I, re- I have specific moments where I remember sp- things about music in- involved in the sport. Uh, first of all, I didn't know anything about punk music until I became a bike racer. I was on a team which had a huge white bus and I, th- I need to post that on, on, 
social it's media. A great pick. And uh, and this white bus had a shitty tape soundtracks <laughs> uh, system in it, and the speakers were right above our coach's head. And I learned about punk. I learned about Dead Kennedys. I learned about Black, Black Flag. Flag. I learned about uh, the Ramones and all those types yeah. of bands. And and there was one wise ass guy who just in the middle of the night who would walk toward on these long road trips who would walk towards the soundtrack. The, I mean, the sound system and drop the speakers directly down at our coach's I head. I know who who's driving. <laughs> and then he and then he'd walk over to the, the dashboard and flip the switch that turned on the horn. The horn wasn't a press button horn. It was just a switch. A yeah. So at three in the morning, he points the speaker down at the coach's head, flips the switch and it just goes. And we're driving down the middle of nowhere on the way to probably like Milwaukee and Super Week or something like I, that. I thought it was uh, that wasn't there, but in Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, Casper. Oh, it might have been that, nice. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also have specific memories of, of another time driving back from Milwaukee. I don't know why I went to Super Week so many fucking times. but And, and you guys can make fun of me on this one. But I remember the Van Halen album OU812 with, with Sammy Hagar <sighs> came out. And we listened to that. Poo, poo. On, that's all poo. We listened to that <laughs> on auto reverse. Almost, basically from North Dakota to Washington. I think we listened to that fucking thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. So are there any specific moments in your life that you associate with music? Paul, I keep thinking of you in that Roxy Music story. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't have to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but are there any m- moments that, that you, you know, I, when I lived at the Olympic Training Center, I think of the fact that I was into, I was into Australian bands. I was into NXS. I was into Midnight Oil. And I was into Ice House. Um, don't hate me for Ice House. But I remember, <laughs> I remember just immersing myself in that music, and I have so many memories of that time. Is there any type of music that you associate with a time and period and adventure and or moment within your cycling life? Anybody want to go first, Jackson? I'm, we're going to start with the youth because your cycling career is still still blossoming. It's, <laughs> it's a baby that just wants to cry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, with my cycling life, um, I think I mean, like I remember when we went to the uh, junior stage race a, like a long time ago. Yeah, um, I remember there was like that's right when my uh, in Kurt Cobain's hometown, mind you. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's when White Stripes for me was like first starting, and yeah. I was like, I gotta put on my headphones and listen to it before the race. <laughs> <laughs> And then I crashed. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let this be a lesson to young people. Fuck, like Fuck yeah, the white yeah. right. <laughs> I uh, so now what I do is I'm 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 calm. I you do th- mellow music. Yeah, there's an Irish singer that I listen to. Uh, his name's Dermot Kennedy, and he just he like kind of just gets me into a place where I'm really not too like intense or not too like calm. I'm just right in the middle. Wow. And there's not there's not really a story that goes along with it. No, it's just kind of yeah, like that's yeah. what this year, this last year has like yeah. really been with me. Yeah. I got to throw this in before I ask Paul because it popped into my head. I do remember the time I watched uh, Pink Floyd The Wall right before a crit. <laughs> okay. And I dropped out of the crit after like five laps because I was so fucking depressed. I was just like, oh, Jesus. Oh, God, that movie <laughs> fucked me up for life. So, but, oh, my God, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, you got, you got something and a, a moment in your life that you a cycling life that you associate with a piece of music. You know, I I strangely almost I would almost have to answer no because I've been doing it for so long and uh, I mean I 
I, I can't say that there's ever been a moment that I, that I've ridden a bike where I like haven't had some piece of music like playing in my head, you know, and it's always yeah, got to yeah. be some music that like fits in the, in the rhythm of the cadence and things like that. And you're breathing. Cause if you're like humming along to something that's like not somehow copacetic with that, it's just like completely <laughs> fucks with at least my, yeah, my experience yeah. of it. But I don't, I don't really have that many, I don't know. I don't really have super big, big moments like that. Excuse me. But I, I guess I would say when I, the last time I got back onto the bike, so this was right around the time that I was starting the Luminati up uh, a little earlier. Uh, the ghost of Tom Joad by rage against the machine was like oh, yeah. my go-to to, to like, I, I remember I would pump that through the house. Um, Cause I lived in a super hilly part of Seattle and I'm, I was super fat. And so it was super <laughs> painful to go out riding every time. And so I would, and it, there's like a great tension about that song. You know, it's like, like the echo in Zach De La Rocha's lyric. And like, it just like starts building up. And it was just like, I would try to get out the door, like as the song built up and just like go out there and be pumped. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good one i like i have a couple rage i'm looking back at my vinyl collection here in the studio and there's there's at least one or two rage albums in there oh, I, I, I basically machine. said that just to They're make myself awesome. feel better and, and establish credibility <laughs> with the audience it, i'm taking i'm trying to gain credibility after saying ice house yeah so there we go <laughs> and i'm gonna touch base on john test before the show's over so paul you got any, you got any? I, I think the biggest I, I think the biggest impact on music was going to an event or the one that really sticks my memory and I'm approaching that 30 years at that point was uh, uh, January of uh, 19, uh, 1990. Oh my God. Yeah. Little uh, Uncle Paul, sit uh, back Derek, and spin your this yarn. Is, this is how it happened, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was uh, told oh, yeah. the guys. Well, I, I worked at a bike shop, which is the worst place to work if you're, if you're into cycling. And, and yeah. I was going to make 1990, my big push to go as far as I could. And uh, I talked uh, about four other guys to join me down in, in uh, Tempe, Arizona. And we made a road trip. Uh, one guy came from Seattle, ra- rode for Granny's Muffins team. Gourmet and, Muffins, yeah. Yeah. And, and another guy did too, but he was Spokane-based. And it was it was one of those moments in my life it was really big and, and, uh, and a great memory. Just the road trip all the way even back home. But on the way down, we listened to YouTube almost constant. I mean, YouTube, 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 yeah, YouTube, unforgettable fire, oh, fire, and then um, oh, uh, under the Joshua Tree. And yeah. then the weird thing is, oh. when we pulled into Arizona, we went through the National Joshua Tree. That song kicked up right when oh, we were going man. through that for you know the National yeah. Forest for the, and and it is like wow, this is going to be a great trip. It was. It was a good time. So, wow. So you too. I loved a lot of you too back in the day, and mm-hmm. you know, and that kind, that kind well, of. I like you too. Hey. Thanks. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks. yeah. Uh, that was terrible. Yeah. Was sorry. F- absolutely horrific. Um, I am not going to lie, and I'm going to touch base on the on the the forbidden subject. John Tesh, his music in those early days. Jackson's looking at me like going. No clue. <laughs> right over my head. John Tesh was the guy who who started out with Bill Liggett as the commentator on the Tour de France for CBS. And uh, we had to wait we had to wait an entire week for them for the fucking coverage to come out. 
<laughs> and when it did, it had this synthesizer soundtrack to it, and it was John Tesh's music. Little did we know the cancer that was budding, that was <laughs> brewing. Yeah. Okay, my favorite was... And I used to sing that to myself with John Tesh's voice providing play-by-play to my rides as I was as I was training. Now, mind you, I was fourteen. I'm not. I'm not a, a really. I'm not as big of an idiot. But but I used to listen to that, and um, that was my first taste of kind of cycling based music. And if you look online, there is so little, there are so few songs about bikes. And um, and I, before we even come close, we have to talk about the songs that are about bikes and do they, do they give us justice? Do they provide anything? And Jackson, you don't have to know these. You can just listen to these and say, <laughs> dude, that sucks. And, and Frank, you were at the live show I did in Seattle and you heard some of these and you were like, what the hell? But for example, oh, oh. oh my oh. God, yeah, Kraftwerk, yeah, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> Tour de France, Tour de France. I gotta fast forward it because that just sounds like porno. That is <laughs> it totally <does>. sexual intro <laughs> here. But if this is a song about go. bikes, Whew. advance it to when they start chanting. I'm trying to. Well, you know, it's one one whole A side of that album is the song. Jesus Christ, I'm a minute and a half into it. Wait, there it was. Oh my God. It is German, you know. Oh, that forgives yeah. me. <laughs> now, to me, that is not something I would be like, you want to hear a song about my crazy? Never. Now, now... You probably I don't know if you can sample this one, but in in uh, uh, Le Fer de Nord or the Hull of the North, that that video. Remember, today oh, I, I mean, is it very yeah. <laughs> Now that's awesome. That is awesome to me. And, and yeah, that is awesome. And the other one was in um, oh gosh, what it, it's uh, Stars and Water Carriers when. Old Ritter's going in the time trial. Holy shit, And this shit, violin holds this, like, single key. Just, you can hear the, just going. Oh, my God. Really? And and the narration is just melodic, this whole. Oh, my God. Uh, it, it, like, gives me goosebumps even talking about I did, it. It's I like, did ask the listeners. Pain becomes an icon. <laughs> the writer turns on. And it's just like, Jesus, this guy's, like, tapped into a nerve or something, you know? It's I great. did. I did Google I, not Google. I did ask the listeners for suggestions of songs mm-hmm. related to bikes. And I, I think we should be able to critique them a little bit. And I'm not going to play a lot because we're getting late into the show. But for example, a lot of bass. Well, you like it because of drums. Damn fucking right. <laughs> but guitar. Opinions. What? It's called bicycle, bicycle. You are my bicycle. Okay. So, so if, if I was going to 
depends on my opinion. I have a couple. I have a couple notes. So first of all, there's like no discernible like. It's it's a it's a it's cool, right? I'm, We're I'm not criticizing wheels, the music, but what I'm criticizing is the fact that there's like no like bass rhythm for you. It's a cycling song has to be in four four time, basically. Uh, yeah, agree. Right okay. or two two. You know, like, because mm-hmm. you're pedaling even strokes. Like, you got to somehow be able oh. to land back on the one oh. when you're in the rhythm. You know what I'm saying? So you're you sa- can't do, like, five, seven time. You're saying we got to have <laughs> a song a, a song about bikes that has to be able to be ridden, too. I believe we've come up with a, yeah, with a requirement. I, I, I agree, and that's, yeah, that's totally. all based on road cycling, though. You notice mountain I biking. Said, notice I said requirement. Oh, I didn't say rule. Maybe, yeah. yeah, it's like oh, it, mountain it's, biking. It's like yeah, seven it's eighths time. It's yeah. reggae. Mountain biking is anarchy. <laughs> yeah, mean, it is. Why are we even talking about yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, and, I agree. And, and triathlon, <laughs> we just go back to that piano shit I was playing earlier. <laughs> or the Jonas <laughs> exactly. Brothers. But, but I, I think I, I think the other thing is that why does everybody play heavy metal to this shit? You know, it's like yeah. I, I love heavy metal, but it's like that, there's a place for it, and I don't think the bike is the place for it. It's not like it's not like we're all going out there and fucking snorting cocaine before we go on a bike ride. <laughs> not <know>? anymore. <laughs> it's like we've been caught. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, get, they're testing you get now. for that stuff. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, Jesus, you can't go rolling a bone in every time. <laughs> so how about uh, how about uh, Jane's addiction? Um, what is that? There's a Something cycling down song? the mountain. You know that song? <laughs> oh, that's about? a good song. Yeah, so that would be I a cycling song. I want to hear that and judge whether or not it would work for cycling. Okay, yeah. what, what's Play the name it. of it? What's the name of it, though? Is it um, something it's a down... mountain song. Mountain yeah. song, yeah. got it. Okay, here we go. We're is gonna it judge... a mountain song? I think it's mountain song. Yeah. Ugh, no, now I... I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what is this for? It's... What type of cycling? Listen, well, we have to listen to the rhythm here. Hold on. Let's just hear it. Jackson, opinions? I like it so far. I have <laughs> to hear more. The Shrek brothers needed to listen to this. <laughs> This would have worked so fucking great for the coverage of that tour stage where they got snowed out and mudded out. Oh yeah, awesome. Now I do. I must. But that's to to my earlier point. That's that's like in full four four time. Yes, it is. A little aggressive and maybe heavier than everybody would like. But that's four four time. It's aggressive. It's like a good like slow but up tempo enough kind of rhythm. It's like. That's a great cycling song right there. Well, I, I, I must say. confess the reason the reason it came to my head is because I'm probably the only person that does ride. I commute to work, and I do wear headphones or Whoa. little ear, earbuds. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that is one that is one song when I'm riding by myself and I'm trying to really put in effort. That's that's one of them. So, you know, the thing that kills me too is, uh, and we're just we're unfortunately uh, just fucking stuck with this. Bicycle, 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 <laughs> no. Bicycle, 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 no. 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 Yeah. Jackson, you, he has a confused look on his face. Yeah. I have raised you well. You know who this is, right? Yeah. So the, the problem with this again is that there are such great musicians that that's not a four-four time signature, right? It's like it's not it, a good it's song. Like, it's not even waltzy. No. It's like it's like a, you know it's something weird. 
Yeah. That would be really hard well, to ride that, your bike to. At the that, end of that, fa- that's at, a mountain bike song then. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of Fat Bottom Girls, he says, get on your bikes and ride. Lest we all forget. Well, th- Was Freddie Mercury a cyclist? Well, there's that, there's a, a very... You know, we get we're treading lightly on subjects here these days because I remember when I was a kid, my father actually gave me the poster that was, I guess, inside of a of a Queen album or something like that, and it was a bunch of of um, how do I say this and not get sued um, of of undressed women on bikes at the start of a race, and um, you know, very obviously misogynistic and things like that in the day. But I remember my dad gave me this poster, like. Here, boy, put it in your room. You're a bike racer, and I'm like, Dad, I'm I'm also pu- prepubescent, and this is just going to cause horrible, horrible messes. But um, <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh but, <laughs> oh, I meant no. mentally. I meant mentally. <laughs> but uh, but you know, and I just remember the Queen. So they had to have some sort of association with bikes. Well, it, it, when get on your bicycles, uh, get you on know, your bikes and ride. ride. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a picture of. If you remember, Chinelli had a poster of this naked girl on. Yeah. Step through yep. Chinelli frame, is totally oh, naked. Really? They go, that just popped in my head when you said that. No, but. there's a there's a actually there's a woman who's out there. Do, uh, she's called Gravel Tryhard on Instagram, and she takes all of these horrible photos. The not horrible, but you know, obviously photos <laughs> that are incredibly misogynistic, and she remakes them in in the funniest ways possible. Huh. And and I love what she's doing and they're so fucking funny. But we're we're missing the point of cycling oh, and, yeah. and music and I'm running out of time. I'm really close to out of time. Um so um guys, what do you listen to on the trainer? We we all know that that the winter is the time when music really com- becomes a part of our lives in terms of cycling. Um what the hell gets you through a training session? Frank, we, we'll start with you, man. I'm I'm old school. I watch cycling videos like really that's where that's the only area where i have a tv that has a dvd player connected to it and <laughs> all my old tour de france dvds it's a five disc changer so i got plenty of time <laughs> like what i i watch like paris roubaix or tour de france or whatever uh but that's I, I i can't do the music thing i can't watch like a regular movie either it's got to be like cycling related so i stay sort of engaged with it because otherwise wow. i like if i watch a movie i just like zone off and don't do anything you know um and music it's it's like too yeah i don't know it's just not i don't know for me it's cycling videos so i okay. guess no music okay Polly. well i'm gonna throw you and Frank, quick question. You and Frank yeah, are brothers exactly. from other yeah. mothers. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the, my question to you, because I'm the same way, so I don't need to expand it, but I'm going to ask you a, a question here, Frank. Rollers or a trainer? Rollers. Yep. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. yeah not I have the same answer, so yeah. never mind. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we can go on to Jackson's here. It's the same thing. <laughs> I've got. I've, I've got it actually at VHS. Do you like grape soda? Yeah. I like grape soda. We can be best friends. <laughs> Did we come become best friends? Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You want to go play ninja in the garage? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but but I watch. You know, I, I have a VHS and a old DVD player. It's one unit. Oh, so shit. I have like the and there's something good about my <laughs> FCV videos that I bought back in the '90s. They're yeah. all grainy. I've got some of those stuff and yeah. that cheesy music they used to put in. There's just some kind of I don't know sample track is just re- oh, yeah. turned over and over and over again. But, you know, some of them, like quoting, like 1992 uh, Tour, Tour of Flanders when Hervin Mavish 
gets a cramp in his left thigh. That's for sure. You hear Phil Liggett say that, you know, and we, <laughs> we used to quote all these different things from SCV and it, it's, you know, and I still watch them and they yeah. just, you know, they're good. They're Jesus. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, uh, bring us back into the last 20 years. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, because I live on a second floor apartment, I can't really like do a lot of indoor training because yeah. of the vibrations. Um, Fuck them. Yeah. Right. Use um, rollers. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, as a college student, I've come to realize that I'm always in the mindset of, oh Christ, I have a paper tomorrow, so I'm stressed out. So okay. like, like when I go to do a workout with like music. Um, it's usually going to keep me, like I said before, in that middle area where I'm not like too like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, or where I'm not like, oh, I'm depressed and bummed out. So I think I'll probably be staying in that kind of like we were talking earlier, Mumford and Sons, really that kind of music just to keep me not too worked up, but just right in that sweet spot where I can just relax and take my mind off of other things and focus in on what I'm doing. Yeah. How about you, Pat? I am all. Um, I, 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 I am a. I've said before, and I'll say it again, um, that I, I do a lot of Zwift, and I also do a lot of Sufferfest, um, and I don't listen to any of the shit on either. No, nothing to the Sufferfest, nothing to bash them, but I don't necessarily connect with their music, so I usually listen to my own music. And so again, it's some of those higher energy. I also am a big fan of the band Against Me. Um, which which I listen a lot to to them, and uh, usually it's it's all it's all guitar, bass, drums, hopefully more guitars, and it's some sort of a melody behind it. You know, it's your basic, uh, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus kind of a thing. I love just that straightforward style of music, and so that 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 keeps me going. There I go. Excellent. I love big uh, big guitars. Perfect for cycling. Yeah, I love big guitars. I love them. Um, so, uh, b- b- actually, uh, this is a joke, and I have to play this because I found John Tesh's music on on YouTube. <laughs> this was Bastille Day, like one of his like big pieces. Fuck that! It doesn't even sound good. So never mind. Um, and my my point was, t- John, you let me down again. The, the, the one that were in 1987. No, I like this. He had a, a rhythmic one that was um, when uh, Stephen Roach is a final time trial to make up time on. on uh, <laughs> am I getting too deep? No, I get on Delgado. No, and and is and anyway, he, he takes off and is like that. No, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to mimic the music because it's not even music. It's electronic. <laughs> do, do, but, do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I mean, you could just see the rhythm and, and seeing Roach's footwork on yeah. that because his toe clips and straps, he, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Like, but just to watch the way he pedaled and the Mavic disc, the little yellow oh, yeah. flashes just and stuff logo. around the oh, outside God, of yeah. that. It was awesome. It was Beautiful. like, yeah, gives you goosebumps. Uh so before we uh, we seal the entire deal here, um, I was going to get into like celebrities, musicians who ride bikes, and are they cool or not? But we, we, we I'm just out of time. Duff McKagan, another another local celebrity. Yes, Duff McKagan. I had David Byrne, I had Neil Peart, I had Bono until he crashed so badly oh, yeah. that he doesn't know. Uh, Believe uh, it or not, uh, Pink rides really? a little right. bit. Um, really? Yeah. Well, I have a new I respect now. Commuting, I think. 
and Doesn't I saw. Matter. It's on a bike. I'm not gonna lie. I went to a Pink concert, and um, it was. I went you because just made that. Stop public. for a second. Stop for a second. <laughs> Don't judge me. I I went to a Pink concert because my cousin, who was a young girl, wanted to go, and she couldn't get, have anybody who'd go with her. And I said, "Buy me a ticket. I'll go." And I will tell you this: that woman can sing. Mm-hmm. That woman can entertain, and that woman can put on a show. Do I like her music? Yeah. Not so much. She mm-hmm. has but the music that will never die on the radio. Yeah. You yeah. turn it on, it's like pink. Right. You lost me at Jonas Brothers, so you just <laughs> yeah. shut you up. Know, I should turn off your mic. It, right it now. worked for what we were talking it about. Did. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It did. So, uh, Frank, before we get to our final section of the show, uh, plug the cells. Tell me where people can find you and uh, where you're playing next, man. You can find us uh, at We Are the Cells. Pretty much everywhere. So we are the cells.com. Uh, we are the cells on Facebook. We are the cells on Instagram. Uh, I think we have a Twitter account, but we literally never used it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, um, we're playing actually this Thursday in Seattle in uh, at substation, which was sort of a last minute thing. We played uh, last Sunday at, um, at the high dive. It was an awesome show. Um, and we're sort of surprisingly playing this Thursday. And then, we're all due to summer travel schedules, things like that. We're <laughs> not playing again until uh, October 12th at Flynn's Last Chance in uh, downtown Seattle. We're uh, actually speaking of Duff McKagan. I think he had a CD release party there when he came out with Loaded. No shit. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay, so it, you know, I just I was th- sitting here. I'm writing down the date here, and I'm just going, God, how much fun would it be to go over to Seattle and record a Bike Towns episode, and then oh, go yeah. see a Cells show? Yeah, but uh, oh, so. totally, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, ride. I'll, I'll ride around with you doing that. Oh, no, you okay? You as we started the show with Karsten's promise, you just in essence made a promise that you would ride with us. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> he, didn't yeah. Yeah. he didn't hesitate. He didn't hesitate. I'm riding tubulars. Um, yeah. <laughs> and rim <laughs> brakes, god damn yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Concourse saddle. <laughs> okay, so I, I usually go to my 13, and I'm, I have the 13, in, uh, in Bronk, if you don't know what this is, it's it's we end the show with just these random questions about bike riding and things like that. And this, I usually write 13 questions. And um, in this time, the category is would you rather and why? And we got to obviously go kind of rapid fire here because we're short on time. But um, would you rather, and I'll start with Frank, would you rather be an established climber or an established sprinter? Climber. Climber. Paul. Climber. Jackson. Sprinter. I'm going to go with sprinter. Um, How do we split this? It does, and there's no winners. Oh, shit. Everybody loses. I thought this was about bike racing. This yeah, I, I'd rather be a sprinter. <laughs> sprinters, sprinters, get the, sprinters get the glory a little bit more, I think. I don't know. I mean, you look at monuments have a lot of climbing in it, like yeah. LBL and. Would yeah, they, you? They're split pretty even. Yeah, would yeah. you rather race uh, your mountain bike? In, would you rather race your mountain bike in a road race or race your road bike in a mountain bike race, Frank? Road bike in a mountain bike race. Agree. Same. Yeah. The same. <laughs> I think we can all agree on <laughs> yeah. that one because your mountain bike in a road race would just be like. You know, the, the ref would be standing in the center of the road just like going, dude, you've been lapped, and it's already it just started. I think you're going to see more of that, but on a gravel version. Yeah. You're going to start seeing more drop bars. And yeah, I agree. Depending on the course. I yeah. agree. I agree. Um, okay. Uh, and my, 
<laughs> I know John you... Tomac. That's all I've got. To <laughs> Tomac, yeah, yeah. yeah, he did yeah. it all the time. His Tioga like disc wheel in the back. Yeah, yeah. that thing. Yeah. Guy was a <laughs> guy was a stud. I don't know what the hell. You know that how thing badly was. I want him on this show. Yeah. I'm serious. I would kill to have him oh, on the show. Um, would you rather race with a beard or race with hairy legs, Frank? Beard. Beard. Jackson, race with a beard. Jackson so. has a beard. Yeah. I'm so glad because you know what? I'm finding people. Have we reached the point in the sport that that the tradition is is disappearing? And I blame you, Frank, because the website is 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 not flourishing <laughs> well, like it used to. Because people don't understand <laughs> that you you shave your legs if you're a roadie, and they I've had I've had full grown adults who I've I've known who have raced for 10, 15 years who come to you and go, dude, why do you shave your legs? I'm looking at them going. <laughs> And then this is a callback. I can look look at them and go, "You're not a cyclist." Exactly. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I remember I put out like this big campaign when uh, Peter Sagan became world champion, and he had like, like, and and actually, who's the who's the girl? Uh, but uh, they both like were wearing white bib shorts. And I was like, I remember I put out like a, it wasn't like a Me Too campaign, but it was like a big campaign. It was like black oh, no. fucking short people. Yeah. And um, I remember they like both like went against UCI regulations to, to wear black shorts and then they, they adjusted the regulation. I, I feel responsible. Oh, good. I yeah. feel responsible. And I thank you. I think I did that. <laughs> I have a question yeah. for you though, Frank, real quickly. Since you... Once you became a Villa Nada, since you stopped oh. writing, yeah, that's a that's a lexicon. You were were that's you fucking lexicon. planning that? No, no, no. Oh, okay, that's but, from his lexicon. Yeah, okay. that's just okay. lexicon. Okay. So, did you shave your legs when you stopped writing? I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> now you picked up writing. The next question is: Have you shaved your legs? Absolutely. All right. All right. You're a no, good no, man. Wait, wait, You're a good no, man. No, no, no. The question. No, no, no. The answer to the previous question was: I was still shaving my legs when I was not. He riding. was still shaving. Oh, yeah, he yeah. St- he kept going uh-huh. the whole way through. Yeah, because yeah, you never going. know when you're going to get on the bike. Well, right. Plus, I've I've reached a point where my significant other looks at me and says, "Dude, fucking shave." <laughs> I mean, you yeah. look you look like a monkey. <laughs> and totally. I do. I I create a lot of hair. I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. And, um, <laughs> You should see yeah, my back. No, it's a, for, for the for the women in the know. It's a big turnoff to have hairy yeah. legs. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, Jackson's girlfriend tweeted it once herself. Yeah, she said, she "You know, the the hardest part about dating a bike racer is Jackson that he'll always have smoother legs than you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the shame. That is, we do put them to shame because yeah. they're way more OCD about it than they are. Yeah, absolutely. It's the coarse hair. Yeah, and I don't. I don't do my thighs. I don't do my thighs because nobody sees them. And then I'm just like, I do I my just thighs because I can. Skirt length. Or yeah. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Frank, man, it was it was great catching up to you and uh, is uh, to you with you and things like that. And um, I, you know, wherever the process of the Velamanati goes, um, it, it it has been an influence, and it I think it always will be an influence. Um, people know what about what you've done, and I don't mean to get all overly melodramatic again, but dude, you've you've regardless of where you take this, you've left a legacy within the sport. I agree. Sure. Thank you, my friend. I yeah. appreciate it. It was great to touch base with you again. And we will see you in October when we do the bike and ride and listen. 
A-frickin-men. All right. You guys, um, subscribe <laughs> yeah. to the podcast. Tell a friend about us and send comments, email, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever the hell method you wish to do. Until then, I'm Pat Bulger, and I'm going to sign off for everybody on the show. Thanks for listening. To you. Not to you guys. To you. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.